The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. They came for the sick, the so-called incurables, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't mentally ill. Then they came for the Jews and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics and I didn't speak up because I was Protestant. Then they came for me and by that time, there was no one left to speak up. This was written by Pastor Martin Niemöller Um, who was calling out the inaction of many of the Germans as the Nazis rose to power and began to purge their targeted people groups. And that quote may ring true in our own lives, our cities, our nation. The question is, are we bridging divides or are we adding to the division? Are you bringing healing or hurt? Are you part of the rage culture? Or are you bringing a salve of healing and hope in the midst of the divide? Is your voice part of the rage of politics right now? Are you raging in your home, raging in the classroom? Are you raging on social media? And you know, we, we have a growing rage in our culture, in our nation. And at some point you might even think, what difference can we make? I mean, how, how can we make any difference in the world that we live in? Because we really do, are seeing a growing divide, right? And, and it's not just at a national level or even just at a city level. It's in our neighborhoods, it's in our homes. It's where our, in our own homes, in our own relationships, where we can't even get along and have a healthy conversation about politics. We, we're raging about the economy. We're raging about every issue that seems to tear apart and divide us. And what happens when we're divided? We're weakened and we're, we watch as our own city streets are torn apart. Homes torn apart. Neighbors, people who used to be friends, classrooms and education system. And obviously that begins to tear at the fabric of our cities and our nation. And and I don't know if you're like me, you start to kind of look and say, yeah, well, what can I do? What difference can I make? And you and I, we feel powerless. Worse than powerless I feel like we're even part of the problem. Maybe you're quiet and you hold back and you don't speak up and so you don't feel like you're adding to the noise. But are you doing anything to make a difference? And the truth is, if we're not bridging the division, then we're part of the problem. Dr. Luke had spent his life trying to do the best he could to treat people, to help, to make a difference. And that was it. It was the best he could do. 
And Luke met a group of Christians, in fact, the earliest groups of Christians that were gathering in homes and meeting in synagogues as the church, and he was attracted to them because he heard their message about Jesus and the difference they were making, a difference that was different than the impact he could make. I mean, he could treat people's sickness and try to get them back to the way their life was before they got sick, but even then it was just a repair, a Band-Aid back to a former broken place, but he met these Christians who were different. And so he began to investigate this, the life the story of Jesus. He became persuaded that Jesus was who he, Jesus is who he said he was. And he began to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. He became part of the early church. And eventually he wrote a two volume set called the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. It's the story of the life of Jesus and the story of the early church. And in the gospel of Luke, he introduces us to Jesus who is different because Jesus doesn't just treat people's sickness to get them back to the way life was before. He radically changes their life. In fact, the story of the gospel of Luke is a story of how Jesus changes lives. And we're first introduced to Jesus' message and mission in Luke chapter Four, where Jesus comes home to the village where he grew up and he comes into the synagogue and he's invited as a, as a visiting rabbi, but you know, someone who's loved and respected in the community to read from the scroll of the Hebrew Bible and then offer some commentary. And so let me read a little bit of that to you. Here's what it says. It says, he stood up to read, meaning Jesus, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free and to proclaim the Lord's favor. At this, it says that Jesus closed the scroll or rolled it up and returned it to the attendant and said, today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Meaning I'm the fulfillment of what I just read to you. But the key was not that Jesus was saying, I'm gonna do all of this. He read it to make it a clear point that Jesus was not gonna do anything in his own power. He wasn't gonna you know, transform his community, impact his hometown. He wasn't gonna give sight to the blind or preach good news to the poor on his own. No, he made it very clear as he read it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has sent me. And if Jesus acknowledged that there was nothing he was gonna do on his own, then obviously the lesson for us is that we can't, truly make any difference on our own. No, we need something more. We are not enough. Let, let me make it personal. I am not enough. You are not enough. M maybe you have all kinds of wealth or you have power or position or maybe you have talent and abilities. Maybe you have charisma. Whatever you have, it's not enough to make the difference that our city needs. 
It's not enough to make the difference that your neighborhood, your home needs. If it was, we would have done it by now. No, here is the key, the principle that should jump out of this moment in the life of Jesus as he's introducing his mission and his ministry, which is his message. It's this, only God's spirit in you can bridge the divides around you. Jesus did not make the difference in his own strength. No, he came to bridge the divide between us and God, between heaven and earth. But Jesus did not bridge the divide between heaven and earth on his own. And you and I can never bridge the divides that are tearing apart our cities, our communities, our classrooms, our workplaces, our homes on our own. No, we need something more. Why? Because on our own, we are part of the problem. We're part of the division. We're adding to the trouble. Why? Because you and I are divided, not just in relationship with each other, not just in our our marriages, our relationship with our kids or coworkers. It's not that we can't get along, right? Like what you wish you could say is, why can't we just get along? But you know that won't work. Why? Because you feel divided inside of you. I mean, there are times when you don't even agree with yourself, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like I've said plenty of things that after I said it, I thought I reserve the right to disagree with myself. Like I don't even agree with that statement. That might sound strange, right? But you've had that happen to you. But more than just you disagreeing with yourself, you feel divided inside. There's something torn apart inside of you. So it's not just that the city streets are torn apart, that our hearts are torn apart. Why? Because there is a divide between us and God. The symptoms you see in this city are a result of the sickness spiritually that we experience as a result of a sin that separates us from relationship with God. There is a divide between heaven and earth. Sin is this spiritual chasm And as a result of the chasm of separation between us and God, we do things, we act out that wrong behavior. We know we're separated from right relationship with God. There is a, we we don't have this love relationship. We lack the love that comes from God. And so we do what we want. And when we do what we want, We're going in a direction that isn't best for us because what feels good isn't actually good for us. It feels best. We think it's right, but it's not what's right. And so we are divided in our relationship with God. And as a result, sin tears us apart from the inside out. And sin sabotages relationship with each other. It causes division in our relationship with those that we love tears apart our homes, our neighborhoods, and sin spreads, causing division in our cities, in our country, across the planet. And so what's the answer? Well, the answer is this. Jesus spoke it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus came to offer good news. The good news was not just a message Jesus was and is 
the good news. That God bridged the divide that separated us from him. Jesus stepped down from heaven to earth. He became the bridge. There was no way we could access heaven. No, the sin separated us from relationship with God and set us on a life course of division and a forever far from God. That there would be an eternal chasm separating us from God. But God. But Jesus bridged that eternal chasm. God came from heaven to earth, and then he paid the price. The bad news was sin separating us from God. The good news that Jesus came to proclaim was that God loved us more than we could possibly imagine. The bad news is that we are so bad that Jesus had to die for us. The good news is that he was willing. He loved us so much that he was willing to take on our eternal death sentence. And the cross became the bridge that overcame the chasm that divided us from God. So anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven. But Jesus didn't just become the bridge. He, uh, you know, stepping from heaven to earth, he also bridged and made a way for us to get from earth to heaven. And that was the power of the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus overcame death. He forgave us of our eternal judgment. And he gave us victory over eternal death by offering us new and forever life so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith steps across this divide by accessing the cross of Jesus Christ and the power of the empty tomb, and you receive this new life. Now, can I encourage you? I, I know that every one of you, whether you're joining us online, you're at our Hagerstown campus, you're at our, you're at our Chambersburg campus, or you're celebrating with us the launch of our Frederick campus. Come on. Regardless of where you're at, the focus is not just on how we heal broken cities, how we make a difference in the world around us, how we can bridge divides. You and I can never give what we do not have. And so we have to begin with the division inside of us, with the separation between us and God. And I know you feel that. Can I encourage you? Begin with you. How can you be reconciled to relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ? Would you take that step of faith with me? And in fact, can I encourage you all right now? I, I just want to have you take a moment with me and just close your eyes all across our campuses right now. With your eyes closed, can I encourage you, if, if you've experienced that separation, that division between you and God, and right now you're willing to put your faith in Jesus and say yes to Jesus by faith, would you just raise your hand high and say, yeah, Patrick, that's right where I'm at. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. I'm ready to receive by faith this new life in Jesus. Would you raise your hand high and let us know. And as you're raising your hand, someone's gonna come in there and put a card in your hand. Others of you, you might just scan that QR code to let us know. But as you're raising your hand, someone's going to give you a card. If you'd fill that out and on your way out today, would you drop it in one of the giving boxes or bring it to Next Steps? We could talk to one of our pastors. We want to encourage you as you begin this new relationship with Jesus. Now, each of you, you can open your eyes with me. 
Here's what happens. When you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit, which is eternal and invisible, comes into your eternal and visible spirit. That's right. God's spirit enters your spirit. What did Jesus say when he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah? This is, he's reading a passage from Isaiah chapter 61, verse one and two, where, where he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus is saying, there's no, nothing I'm doing I'm gonna do in my own strength. Let me be very clear. If the son of God needed the spirit of God to come onto him to anoint him, how are you and I gonna make any difference on our own? No, we can't. And we don't. What do we need? We need the Spirit of God to come on us so that He can anoint us to make a difference. God's Spirit in you makes the difference. That's right. Left on our own, we will only perpetuate the division. Or at the at best, we'll do what Luke did. We'll treat symptoms. We're, we're doctors treating sicknesses, always trying to just restore people back to a previously broken place. But when you have God's spirit in you, you're not just trying to help people get back to a place before they were sick. You're not just trying to bring the city streets back to a place before the shooting or before the trouble, before the fire, before the chaos or the riot. No, you and I, when we have the spirit of God in us, he makes a difference in us so he can make a difference through us. And the goal is not bringing things back to the way they were before, but making them better than they've ever been. Only God's spirit in you can make a difference. How does he do that? Well, you and I have to be willing to welcome God's spirit in us. And this isn't just about God's spirit entering in you because you believe in Jesus by faith. God doesn't wanna just work in you. He does wanna work in you, but he wants to work through you. When God enters into you, he begins to change you. He begins to transform you so that you become more like Jesus. He begins to change the way you speak. He begins to set you free, freeing you from your past, from your fears, from your regrets, your shame, your guilt. He begins to loosen your grip on addictions. Is believing in Jesus and accessing God's Holy Spirit the only step? No, not at all. But it is the first and most critical step that you'll ever take in your life. Because without God's Spirit in you and through faith in Jesus Christ, you're left to your own devices. But when you believe in Jesus by faith, and God's spirit enters into you, it's a first step that begins to change you. And the change in you changes the world around you, as I shared last week. So you and I need to invite God's spirit in us to transform us, to transform the way we speak, to transform our homes. And as we are, as God's spirit works in us, he begins to make a difference through us. He begins to empower us and pour through us, right? Because what fills, spills, that's right. And, and so we, we have to invite God's spirit in us to work in us so he can work through us. What does God do? 
<laughs> he, he created us and every one of us, we're ordinary. That's not an insult. I'm raising my hand and I'm saying me too. We are ordinary people. But God's spirit comes into our spirit. So God takes ordinary people. He puts his extraordinary spirit in us, gives us extraordinary gifts to do something extraordinary through us. You were made to make a difference. You were made for an eternal purpose. And you and I feel empty and meaningless when we are not making the difference we were designed to make. We feel like we're missing out. And so you could put a lot of effort and energy into trying to make a difference, but if you don't have God's spirit in you, you cannot possibly make the difference you were designed and created to make. And so what do you do? You allow God's spirit in you to work through you. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, meaning not just in me, but on me and through me. Jesus said this before he left. It's recorded in the book of Acts by Luke, where he says that Jesus spoke these words. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour my spirit on you, and when my spirit comes on you, you will be witnesses of me. I mean, you will share the good news of Jesus, just like I've come to give you good news, just like I've come to give sight to the blind and set, uh, give freedom to those in captivity. You're gonna do the same thing through the spirit of God at work in you that wants to work through you. Here's the thing. God doesn't just wanna work in your life. He wants you to give him access to your life so that he can then work through your life to impact the world around you. So Jesus, uh, he, he's, as he's reading this, this scroll from Isaiah chapter 61, let, let me just kind of read it to you again to make sure you don't miss it. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, right? He goes like this, the spirit of the Lord is in me, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to proclaim, and then he has sent me. The Spirit of the Lord in me, on me, to send me. God's Spirit sends you to make a difference. God's Spirit sends you to bridge divides. I open with reading that quote by Pastor Martin Niemöller, as the Nazis were not only rising to power, but you know, destroying and murdering and decimating entire people groups in Germany. And he said, you know, I didn't speak up because I wasn't one of them. And at the end, he's saying, we're all in this together. If we don't speak up and stand up, then we will allow on our watch division to destroy and tear apart our cities. And we've seen it, right? We've seen racial tension from, not just from one side, but all sides, racial tension tearing apart and dividing, and it shouldn't be. We've watched political rage destroy communities and schools and homes. We've watched economic division, class warfare, cause chaos and trouble in our own communities certainly all over social media and the news. And what do we do? Do we sit back quietly 
Or does God's spirit in us empower us to make a difference? And so then you go, well, what difference can I make? In fact, you might even be wondering, well, where is God in all of this? What is God doing about it? Let me be very clear. What God is doing about the division, about the hurt and the prejudice and the racism and the biases that destroy and devastate, what God is doing is what he's doing right now. God's spirit in you is sending you to make the difference. You are what God's doing. God begins to work in you to work through you so that you become God's response to the pain and the problems in the world you live in. You are God's response in the classroom. You are God's response in the workplace. You are God's response in your home, in your marriage, in your parenting. You are God's response to your parents, to your neighbors. You are the response of God. Now, does that mean it's what you could have already done that would have made the difference? No. Jesus did not do it on his own. It was God's spirit in him that empowered him and enabled him to make a difference. What am I saying? Let me be very clear. You could not do this on your own, but God doesn't do it on his own. God works through you to do the supernatural. When you invite God's spirit into your life, you become part of the solution. You become part of the bridge that covers the chasm and the divides. But you cannot do it on your own. You need God's spirit in you to empower you and enable you to become part of the solution, part of God's response in our communities. And so you and I need to respond. Now, we don't do it on our own. No, no, we were never designed to be isolated on our own, trying to solve the problems in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. So here's the key, right? A divided people will never heal a divided nation. A divided church will never heal a divided nation. A divided church will never heal a divided city. Only a unified church can heal a divided community, a divided city, and a divided country. What the world around us needs is a unified church. And, that, and the way we are unified is when each of us begins to, begin to um, allow God's spirit in us to work through us to make the difference we were called and created to make. This is why as a church, as Lifehouse Church, we boldly stand up and say we are for our city because a unified church is the answer to a divided community, a divided city, and a divided church. Let me pause, let you recognize that. A unified church is the answer to the division in our homes, our community, our city. We are for the community. We are for our workplaces, our classrooms. We are for our city because God is for our city. And the way God is for our city is through you and I. He, he fills us with love to love others. And so we don't label, we love. We don't, we don't cause trouble, we bring truth in love. We don't add to the hate and the hurt. 
No, we bring healing and hope. This is real and this is practical. What did the Spirit of God do in and through Jesus? Well, the first thing it says is that Jesus moved in. He stepped from heaven to earth. He moved into our neighborhoods. The word that's used to technically describe that, that move of heaven to earth is called incarnation or in the flesh. God put on our clothing and moved into our neighborhood. He faced our shame, our sin, our problems. You know what that means? That means for every one of us, when the spirit of God empowers us to make a difference, we move in to the, to the world that we live in. We're not avoiding it. We're not isolating it. We're not huddled up in hiding, trying to avoid it. We're not living only in our echo chambers, listening to only what we want to hear. We're willing to move in and become part of the solution. We're willing to get intimately close to those that are suffering and hurting. We're willing to call people neighbors and friends who are otherwise strangers and very much unlike us. We're willing to feel their pain and their suffering. We're willing to be incarnational. We're willing to move in and get close to those in our community, in our city, because we bridge the divide. And we don't just move in. Jesus not only moved in, he began to bring healing and hope. He was sent to make a difference. And you are sent by God to be the response of God with the power of God to bring hope and healing to the hurts and the pain around you. You don't have to do everything, but together we must work toward bringing healing and hope, reconciliation to the community that we live in. We are the response of God. We're the response of God to racial tension. We are the response of God to political rage. We are the response of God to the troubles and the turmoil that you see all over social media and the news simply by being the presence of God in the flesh, in your neighborhood, in every conversation. We must be a reflection of how you deal with healthy conflict resolution. We must be the reflection of God in how we have healthy conversations. We must be the response of God in, in speaking life and hope. We have to be the response of God in generosity and kindness and compassion, in volunteering, not just to give a handout, but a hand up to help others that are hurting. And so can I take a moment? I wanna pray and encourage you. So the a divided world needs a unified church. And you and I have the spirit of God in us that sends us to make a difference and bridge the divide. I'm gonna pray that over you. Would you open your heart right now to receive that and become the response of God in the immediate community that God's called you to serve in and live in. Jesus, we can't do this on our own. You didn't do it on your own. You said the spirit of the Lord was upon you and anointed you and sent you. And so Lord, I pray that in this place right now, in this space, in every, in every place where a person is responding and hearing this, Lord, would the spirit of the Lord come on them and wash over them, anointing them. And then would the spirit of God send them so that as a church, we would be unified. And as a unified church, we would be, a res be your response to the division, the troubles in our own homes, 
our cities, our country. Use us to bring healing to the hurt around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.